0: Welcome to Cheer Up Beats the podcast guy. <laughs> this is going to be a fun. One. This is going to be cool. Look, we're here to have fun. We're here to have a good time. This is your new favorite shit. This is your new favorite. Remember, don't be a bummer, okay? Let's do this. Oh, hey Cubs. Welcome to Cheer Up Babe the podcast. I'm your host, VJ Julio. This is episode 19. Babe, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked right now. I'm coming at you from my recording studio. I have my own little recording space now. We got like soundproof shit on the walls and stuff. It's like 83% done. We need to do lighting and stuff because I here's the deal. T- I think I'm going to start bringing YouTube to you guys. I think I'm going to start streaming on the YouTube the podcast to the point where it's like why not? Why not venture out? Why not at least start dropping clips? At least start dropping clips with some decent audio and stuff like that. Dude, I'm so excited right now. I'm so stoked. I do want to upgrade the mic and I definitely need to get a new laptop because I'm rocking Jordan's HP from 2013 when she started college because that's what I do. That's what I do. I use things until they're no longer usable. You're talking about beating a dead horse. That's my life. That's what I do, babe. But I, but I have my new studio space. It is, It's only room for one. I'm sorry. Guests need not apply because we don't have guests. We don't have guests unless it's my daughter. And she can sit right on this little table next to me. And we already know. We're not having guests until we have one guest. And who's that guest, babe? You know. It's Ryan Reynolds. If Ryan Reynolds wants to accept the invite to be my first and only guest on this podcast, babe. We're gonna be ready and waiting. but well, you're like Vicha. If you only have room for one spot, how how is it gonna? How how is he gonna be ready? This lap is nice and warm. That's where we're gonna t- do the podcast from. He can sit on my lap. We'll record it with one microphone. My podcast, my rules. That's as simple. It's as simple as that. But I'm excited. I feel like I've been setting this up for a while, getting shit ordered. Stuff like that, but we're only like two thousand dollars away from it. actually be com- being completed, but I love it. I'm super stoked, dude. I'm a bargain. I'm a bargain shopper. All right. I try to bring you guys every single week the best that I can do that week in terms of energy and content creation because you're my Cubs, and I just you know I w- eventually you know what we gotta get in the recording studio, a bear rug, a bear rug not a real bear rug. We care about the animals or, or a fucking polar bear rug. It's two ends of the spectrum. We're either going to get a fake bear rug. That's obviously super duper fake, or we're going to figure out which bear is the most endangered. And we're going to get a bear rug of that because it's, there's not going to be no middle ground. It's either the most sensitive for the cubs or the best for the cubs. And that's what we do. That's what we do, babe. But welcome to episode 19. Did I already say that? Who fucking knows? I need you to put on something cozy. All right, lock the kids in the closet and let's have a fun little chat for an hour because that's what it's all about. It's episode, we're, we're almost done with our teen years. We're almost done with our teen years. We're about to, I remember when I was 19 and I was like, you know what, one more year and I beat teen pregnancy and that's all that I was trying to do. <laughs> and I did that and I accomplished that and I saved that till I was 28 and I popped out two. I didn't pop out shit. We know that. I impregnated two. Back to back, I'm getting those Irish twins rolling because I'm I'm a full blown dad now. But Ryan Reynolds, come sit on my lap because I got sidetracked. (laughs) I go from I go from talking I go directly from I'm a dad now to Ryan Reynolds sit on my lap. That's just the juxtaposition of my brain, dude. Father's Day was good. My family put out, my wife got me some awesome dad shoes that I'm just realizing right now say, Hey Dude on the back. Okay. That's a brand name. Did not realize that, but they're super comfy. They're super plain. And I feel like that's the kind of shit that marks you as a dad. There's not a whole lot of razzle dazzle. Now, right now I'm wearing a super fuzzy tie dye hoodie because that's, that's my vibe, but it's almost like most dads have to dole themselves out. I got a grill and I got dad shoes and i got 6 t-shirts that were all blank. and i'm fucking jazzed about it. i'm like this is it. this is it babe. i'm am this is fatherhood and i'm leaning the fuck in and i'm so excited. now listen. i'm i'm doing a call out. all right? i'm doing a call out to all the sun children. all the girls And or boys, I guess. I just don't really see a lot of guys do this. Any girl with like dreadlocks and the fucking moon phases tattooed on her forearm that smells like patchouli oil and knows all about stars and constellations and moons needs to tell me what's going on with the energy in the universe in terms of fucking Sagittarius, because that's what I am, and why the fuck I got complimented on my appearance this week. That doesn't happen. As a man, I don't understand I don't know I don't know how to take that. I don't know how to take that because I've never it's not it's not a compliment that comes pretty regularly unless you're my grandma. My grandma says that I'm the most handsome man on the planet, and I'm like, oh yeah, grandma, what about Tom Hardy? Wrong. But as a dude, you get complimented pretty regularly on, hey, good work. Which I've become accustomed to those types of compliments. I like those types of compliments, but it's like what do you say? I get I get where girls are coming from. No, not now. I made it sound like, yeah, I get it now, dude. I'm fucking, I'm right there with you. No, girls get it constantly. I got it once and my brain melted. This girl told me to my face in the middle of a conversation, this is the direct quote. You're extremely handsome, by the way. What? First of all, wedding ring on my finger. Don't say that. Second of all, you're pushing a stroller with an infant in it. Is Are you married? You shouldn't say that. And right now you might be thinking, why don't you just take the compliment? You probably don't get them that often. You're right. But we need to discuss what happened inside my brain. So here's what happened. I was parked on the road today. I was at work and this woman came up and she asked me a question in regards to basically a directional question like, hey, up there to the left, blah, blah, blah. She came to the window and she was like, hey, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, if I go up there to the left. Is that Rivercrest, which is like the name of the road? And I was like, yep, that'll get you where you're going. And she was like, awesome, thanks. You're extremely handsome, by the way. And I said, oh, wow. <laughs> Out loud, I said, oh, wow. Thank you. I didn't I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. Because guess, here's definitely what I'm not going to say. You're fucking hot, too. Because I'm never opening that door. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You don't get you don't get compliments on your appearance from a married father of two. You just don't. And if you do, sketchy. So I said, oh wow. Thanks. Now what my I was at work, so I, I kept that professionalism about me. What my brain immediately went to that I immediately had to suppress. I immediately had to push that shit down and use my triceps. I had to push that shit way, way down because immediately my brain wanted to go, <laughs> shut the fuck up. That's what my brain wanted to do. And then I was thinking about it later and I was like, why was that? Why as a guy was my initial reaction to go, ha ha ha, fuck you. <laughs> that's not, I don't think that's a great natural response. It happened in a fraction of a second and my brain went, ha ha ha, shut the fuck up. Blah. Really? Nah. no. Well, Really? I was like that girl that drank the fucking sparkling water that went viral. That was like, "Mm, no, what? Mm, mm, No, that was me. That was me. And here's what, here's what, this is an educational podcast. We know that if before we do anything, we learn here. And what we're going to do is we're going to find some fucking bullshit article online and we're going to either debunk it or agree with it based off of why men are conditioned to respond a certain way to compliments. I've never, I've never been good at taking compliments. The only person that I actually like enjoy taking compliments from is my wife. When she says something like, I like how you do this, or you do a great job with this. That means the fucking world to me. But when some just random person or even a friend tries to give me a compliment, something inside me twists and I go... (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Don't you emotion. So we're going to learn together. I literally, I have not looked up anything so far. I was like, we're saving this for episode 19 to find out what the fuck's going on. So I'm on my phone right now and I'm literally going to type in why can't men take a compliment. That's definitely going to pull up some bullshit article and I'm, and I'm, I'm ready for it from bustle.com. Oh, the title is What to Know Before Giving Him a Compliment. How often, do you, how often do you tell men they look nice? According to Casey Quinlan's article in The Atlantic, women tend to receive more compliments on their appearance and men don't get the same treatment, perhaps because men don't take compliments well. Ding, ding, ding. So far, so fucking good. I'm treating this like the dictionary. So far, every word has been spot on for me. Apparently, compliments are a social tool only men are supposed to use. You know, as in, you look really pretty now that you're all buttered up. Let me lord my manly power over you. Wow. Big, fucking, aggressive, sharp, 180 degree drifting turn from those last two sentences. So that went from men don't take compliments well, which I agreed with, to men only use compliments to lord over women. Okay, I use compliments like, babe, you look gorgeous today in order to make my wife aware that I think that she looks gorgeous today. So big, huge, fucking aggressive right turn there. Um, and if you dare compliment a man, he may think you're threatening that power. I don't fucking agree so far according to a 1990 study parentheses pretty ancient comma guys and parentheses okay losing validity as we read we're probably going to have to find another one by researchers at sunny binghamton okay that's the most uk fucking name of all time and the university of whitwater strand mm. <laughs> Compliments from men are easily accepted, especially by women, but compliments by women are more often seen as a threat. Researchers found that men perceive compliments as tools of social control, control used to embarrass and patronize them. No, that's not what I thought. My initial thought was, why are you lying? And I think that's called insecurity, not hey. How dare you try to take my power from me? This is the most out of touch fucking article that we could have found. And we found it. It was it was option number one in Google. So just to show you how searching on Google goes, this is the fucking WebMD of why men can't take compliments articles. You you ask for one thing and it's like cancer. And you're like, well, I stubbed my toe, so I don't think that's what it is. Not only are women not supposed to compliment men, apparently it's even worse when other men do it. That's also bullshit. That's also bullshit. Quote, to compliment another man on his hair, his clothes, or his body is an extremely face-threatening thing to do, both for the speaker and the hearer. Now, nah, I don't agree with this. This is some fucking nonsense. Scroll. Ooh, this is a direct question where, pe- like, normal people, not a writer, got to respond to this question. It says, why can't my partner accept compliments from me? Which is not the direct example we're looking for, because I can take compliments from my wife. I really appreciate it. Number one response, that's easy. They're insecure about themselves and most likely think that compliments you give them are pity compliments. (laughs) It's not that. It was the wordage. It was the word extremely to where I'm like, listen, I'm 28 years old. If I was extremely, I would have gotten it by now. By someone other than my Grammy. This answer from Mandy says, perhaps because he doesn't know what to do with the compliment. They won't believe you and don't want to believe you. To feel comfortable, they are quick to dismiss the compliment in an effort to not acknowledge something they're not familiar with. There you go. Mandy fucking gets it. Mandy right there should write the fucking article for Quora or for fucking BuzzFeed, whatever the fuck it is. But that word extremely made me go, what about Brad Pitt? What word are you going to use for Brad Pitt? Hmm? Just what? Just quick one. And then, and then after I, I accepted the compliment, like after I left this situation, I was like, that was really nice. Wow. I never get complimented like that. I really appreciate that compliment. And I wasn't mean to her face. Like I said, oh, wow, thank you. And then I drove away and she said, you're welcome and smiled really big. And I was like, that's all that probably was. All that probably was, was just a kind exchange where she was trying to brighten someone's day and I loved it. And then. I accept it and I move on, but then I go, okay, you know what, star children, tell me what fucking thing is in retrograde that made that entire thing, it's, I just, and you know what, that, I'm I'm gonna chalk it up, that was, that wasn't, an, not an actual response, because my response was fine, I feel like my response was fine, I wasn't rude or push-off-ish, I just was like, kind of shocked by it, and then I thanked it, and then we went about our way, but I was like... But my brain did have an insecure response to it, and I don't like that. Now that I'm reading that and I'm thinking about that, I don't like the fact that that did definitely come off as a little bit insecure, and I don't like that because I don't like insecure men. I guess my main question would be, what would be the proper response? I think my response was the proper response. You just accept it and thank them and go about your day, right? But here's another thing. I think we need to normalize it all. I think compliments should just be fucking free flowing. We can compliment everybody on it. I compliment people all the fucking time on like specific little shit. Essentially what I can tell someone put time into like nails or hair and that's men and women. This dude had fucking like a full blown manicure done with like different colored fingernails and shit. And I was like, dude, your nails are fucking cool. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. And that was it. But it's like a compliment, right? And I don't think that he felt like I was trying to take his power away from him. God, but that line that line that says that he can't accept it because he doesn't see it in himself, thats that holds a little bit of weight. Because make no mistake, I'm extremely cocky. I'm extremely cocky. But about what I can do. Does that make sense? I feel like as men, we're conditioned to get rewarded based off of our abilities to produce does that make sense i don't think there's anything i don't i don't don't think there's anything wrong with that i just think we need to just kind of open up the floodgates and just compliments free range what the fuck was that power trip nonsense that the fucking first article said i don't understand that i don't understand that because where's the power dynamic won and lost I don't, think, I don't think that normal people that just go back and forth have a, have a power dynamic that they're trying to assess about each other. And I also don't believe that human beings are inherently slanted or have an ulterior motive when they're having a conversation with somebody. At least I'm not. I'm not trying to like have a conversation with someone and get the upper hand. That's weird. That's weird. I feel like that's definitely insecure if you're constantly trying to have a power dynamic when you have a conversation with somebody. I was thinking way, way more fundamental. Hey, tell me why the energy in the universe was positive for a day. That's really the <laughs> it was positive It's nice. I enjoyed it, but you're not getting it back, babe, but whatever. I'm going to be, do- I'm going to be done thinking about it. We're going to chalk it up to what a nice thing to say. I feel good about it. I appreciate the compliment. Let's go about our day. Dude, I was going through some old shit in the storage unit of our house this week. In our little storage area, I was like clearing out boxes. We were organizing it, making it all nice and clean and spotless because my wife has cleaned every other square foot inch surface of the fucking sun on our fucking house. Everything is just spotless because that's how she handles any sort. If she has any sort of stress or anxiety or anything like that, deep cleaning is how she takes care of that. It's her therapy. I'll tell you what, a few years ago, you want to know how it was really, really fucking bad? She disassembled the vacuum cleaner and it was soaking in the sink. She did that once. She had cleaned everything in the house down to Q-tipping the vents and the vacuum cleaner was broke down and and soaking in our sink because she was cleaning the vacuum cleaner. The thing that cleans the house, she was cleaning it. But anyways, we were cleaning the storage er area. And I was going through some stuff, and I found CDs that I burnt for her. Dude, kids these days are never going to get to understand what the fuck it's like to burn a playlist on a blank fucking CD from Radio Shack, write all the songs on the blank CD decorate it and give it to your crush you guys never get to experience that the, the the closest you get to be is here's a playlist i made for you on apple music dude i put in the love songs one for my wife that i made back in and fucking thirteen or 14 whatever the fuck i put i played it and i was like oh, so cute also oh, that's so cringe <laughs> so romantic so cringe <laughs> and for some reason it was extremely heavy on the on the countryside like for whatever fucking reason that phase of our life it had like eight country songs on it we don't even listen to country music but the problem with country music is it's either talking about breaking up or falling in love or getting fucked up that's that's country music garth brooks has made a billion dollars talk about those three things talking about those two things. I want to hear a country song that doesn't involve like the word fucking jeans, truck, dirt road, beer, Daisy fucking Dukes, blonde hair, blue eyed, or breaking up. I need someone to send me a song, send me a song that doesn't have anything to do with any of those fucking things. And let me see how it goes. Let me see how it goes. Because you're not going to find one. That's just that's just the simple fact of the matter is you're not going to find a country song that's not about one of those things. Or God. Sorry. I know right now in your brain you're like, well, I got what? Uh, uh, not the Lord. Nope. Don't put the Lord in it. And no jeans, beers, Daisy Dukes, dirt roads, trucks, or innuendo about, about stuff. Just not any of those things. Okay. All fucking country music is the same and it is what it is. I enjoy the tune. I enjoy the one tune that country music is and and except for like you can only listen to the same song so many times in a row. And when I say that, I mean every single song sounds the exact same and it's just fine. Dude, some people are fucking killing it though. Like some things, I saw two things this last week that were like, I was like, wow, that's that was incredible. The first one was Bo Burnham's new quote special. Listen, I've always been into like humor and comedy and content and that kind of stuff and so i was a big bo burnham fan when he was younger and then homie just dipped out i think his last special was what like that was the name of it it was called what and then he just dipped out for like six years i have all of his fucking original songs memorized and then he came out with inside which was a extremely cool narrative on like social media and the part that and the way like Everything that we're in contact with right now is a kind of form of control. It's like, that's like the overarching narrative. My entire thought process about it was like, yeah, that's like, that narrative is like the easy one to pick out. But what he did is he locked himself. He he wanted to get back into comedy because he had taken such a big break off for his mental health, that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. And then the pandemic hit, so he couldn't go out and tour, but he wanted to put out a new special. So homie locked himself into a fucking room, essentially, with the end goal to be create a special, you can, you can leave and do whatever. And as you know, the pandemic hit, everybody was on lockdown originally. And it was just like kind of that whole thing. My whole thing about it, I was like, wow, look what seclusion can do to a person's psyche. And there's multiple layers to it. Secluding yourself. Like he didn't have fucking contact with like anybody. It appeared, it appeared. I mean, granted it was over a year of content creation that was crammed into an hour and a half long special, right? So it's like, and it's a spe- I keep calling it a special because that's what it's called, but it's not a special. It's like a, it's an attempt at being humorous despite everything going on in our world. And you felt the attempt and then he started getting really, really introspective and sad. Because think about that. When you seclude yourself, there's no escapism from the horrors that you are aware of. And there's a, line, there's a line in one song where he's talking about, I'll just fucking play it, dude. I mean, it's, it's dark and it's sad. And I was just kind of like, as human beings, we need interaction. I feel like our brains literally feed off of interacting with each other, mainly in like a, a positive way. In terms of having conversations with friends, having positive interactions socially out in the world, not negative, not arguments and fights and bullshit and anything behind a screen. I'm talking about like actual physical contact. That's where you see the light. That's where you see the light in the world. I feel like that's the source. The source for like happiness and contentment and peace is with other people. It's with. Interactions with people, regardless if you're an extrovert and introvert, you still need those connections with people, those bonds with people. We're naturally, as a fucking species, supposed to be grouped. Like if you go back in time, our entire existence was to be accepted in part of the tribe. So that's like in our brains, still instinctually. We need to feel like we are a part of a tribe. And when you seclude yourself, you feel not only like an outcast, but then you can also hyper-focus on all the negative problems. And then what happened with him, it appeared, is all the problems of the world became so unfixable and daunting, but it makes perfect sense because he was alone. And I feel like that's the that's the dichotomy. And, 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 and it kind of blew up all over social media, this one line in the song. People were just like, oh man, I connect with that so much. That, that line right there absolutely exploded on the internet and everyone's like, oh, I connect with that so much. And I, and I enjoyed it like as a narrative piece into an individual psyche and his ability to put things into words that I'm sure a lot of people are feeling is fantastic. And it was also extremely interesting. I watched it multiple times because you just got to watch the deevolution of a person's brain when they put seclusion. But here's my whole point to it, babe. What if we were together? And I'm not going to speak on this too long because it's like, it's not a solution, right? I feel like people have been trying to come up with a solution on how to fix all the bullshit that's been going on. But it's like, man, the level of depression and the level of sadness and the level of weight that's on the world right now obviously got magnified times a fucking billion when you added locking everybody in their houses, And then adding stress of, you know, financial burden of taking away freedoms of providing, which is like, once again, going right back to that idea of those instincts from our past, where it's like, be a part of a tribe, provide for the tribe, be a part of a unit that functions well. And everyone just connected so fucking hard to this one line in this song, because it's like, oh, you tried to help, but it's too late. (laughs) There's nothing that you can do. Got it good. Get inside that whole thing. Like, Super depressing, super real, super introspective, great way to put into words, basically, essentially, people's anxieties. But what if we were together? What if we linked up? Because I know personally, for me, I'm happiest when I'm around people. People, period. I mean, I have my people. I have my circle of people. But I feel like when you're around your people, you it, it, it focuses you in on things that, on positive things. On things that are good. And I'm not saying to distract from the big problems in the world. I'm just saying like to shed light that the big problems in the world are the only thing that's in the world. You add seclusion to a problem and suddenly the problem is the only thing that exists. When there's a lot of great things that we all have going on in our lives. Dude, my life gets stressful. My life gets freaking ran down and I I get, you know, down in the dumps. And then literally I'll have one moment or one thought where I just reframe my thought process and remember everything that's good. And I'm not saying the problem solved, but it becomes more or less. It becomes less daunting. There's less weight to it. It becomes manageable. And that's something I've talked to with my wife. That's something I've talked to with friends of mine that have trouble latching onto that thought process where it's like, yeah, life's tough, but, and there's a lot of problems and there's a lot of issues, but it's like, there's also a lot of great, there's also a ton of great stuff. It reminds me of this fucking quote that I learned from high school that just kind of framed my thought process. There's two wolves that are at war inside of you. Imagine that. Okay, now, this is a little bit cheesy, but it but it it's my best way. I'm not Bo Burnham. I can't I can't put things into words so beautifully, so I use other people's lines that I <laughs> that I've read. But there's two wolves inside of you. One wolf is good and represents light and one wolf is evil and represents darkness and they're in a constant war inside of you and they're constantly a battle they're constantly fighting they're constantly trying to get to the surface and be the winner and it's which one that wins the one that you feed so if you give focus and energy and time into being sad then that's what you're going to be babe but if you can focus on the the positive and the light and the good things that are going on in your life the dark stuff is still going to be there but it's going to be manageable because when things don't seem manageable, you don't want to attack them. When things don't seem manageable, it seems like a lost cause that you just shouldn't try to tackle. But when something's manageable, I feel like you're more inclined to attack it head on rather than run away from it or hide from it or accept it as finite. So focus on the positives and the light and the good things in your, in your life this week. All right, Cubs. All right. All right. I feel like I I have a lot of – I've been having a lot of introspective thoughts lately in terms of fatherhood and stuff. Dude, speak – okay, another thing, Kevin Hart's movie, Fatherhood, ruined my fucking life for a night. Ruined my life. I watched it by myself. I watched the movie Fatherhood by myself Monday night, the day after Father's Day. I watched it Monday night. The house was asleep. Everybody was asleep. And I'll just give you like the rough breakdown – of it. I'm tr- I'm not I'm not going to spoiler alert anything for you. I'm just going to give you like the story premise that basically you can see in the commercial. Kevin Hart is like this married guy. His wife has a baby and then his wife passes away and he has to find and it's basically him figuring out how to be a dad and making decisions and just basically his his like life with his daughter, right? Dude, dude, wrecked me. Okay. Absolutely 100% destroyed me. I've cried during like four movies in my entire life, but I've never, not once, not ever, ever cried after the movie was over. I cry in moments where it's like, oh, that was sad. Next scene. Dude, I started crying like 20 minutes before the movie ended, and then I cried for 30 minutes afterwards. You want to know what I did? Having kids, first of all, having kids has shown me that like crying is not weakness anymore. Being emotionally open is one of the greatest things you can be because, and I've never been more open in my life. You want to know what I did? It was like eleven forty-five. I took the couch cushions off of the couch and I brought them into my daughter's room and I slept next to her crib. That's what I did. I slid my hand through the slats of her crib and I held her hand. Sleeping on the floor on the couch cushions, and that's how I slept that night. Because holy shit, if you have a child, this is specifically if you're a parent. If you're a parent, especially to young children, not teenagers. I'm sure once they hit teenage years, you're like, fuck those kids, which I get it. I'm sure I'll get to that point, but I'm in the infancy stage. And if you have young kids, watch Fatherhood and just tell me that that doesn't ruin slash make your fucking day. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. I felt a lot of love this week. I felt a lot of emotion this week. And obviously that's coming out in episode 19. We're gonna be, you know, out of our teen years next week. So I just figured... Let's just talk about what comes up. And that that's what came up. Fucking kids don't know how to burn CDs. <laughs> All right, Starlight, Starbright. If you got dreads, um, reach out to me. But you know what we're gonna do? You already know what we're gonna fucking do. Like, god damn, this motherfucker has been talking about emotional shit for 30, 40 fucking minutes, whatever it's been. Let's can we do some can we have some silliness? You want some silliness? You want me to roast some people? You want me to lay the hammer down on some people? All right, babe. Whatever your wish is my command. Unqualified dad advice time. All right, babe. Let's help slash hurt some people on the internet. Throwaway2122. Two, two, two. I feel like throwaway must be a common name that's used on fucking Reddit because... I feel like that's the third throwaway we've had and not in the same... It's not the same person because it's a different throwaway. According to this, because it's throwaway with two whys and two, one, two, two after it, it's like whatever. It's whatever. There's a lot of throwaways. Yep, there's a lot of garbage on the internet. It's essentially what I'm saying. The title of this one, I, 22-year-old female, got beat up in self-defense class. Doesn't sound like they're teaching you very well. You know? If you weren't able to defend yourself... Maybe find a different class because they're not teaching you the skills. You know, that's kind of like if you take an art class and they teach you how to finger paint with fucking stick figures. You know, that's kind of like if you go to a Kama Sutra class and the only thing you learn is abstinence. That's not how that works. You go to a self-defense class, learn how to defend yourself, not get beat up. So let's see. So before COVID hit, I was part of a women's self-defense group where we'd learn how to defend ourselves from attacks, spar, and generally have a good time. Recently, we started meetings again, and we easily got back into the rhythm of things. However, recently, we've had a new arrival who was a trans woman. None of us are transphobic, and we really didn't mind. As far as I know, parentheses, or if someone did mind, they knew better than to talk about it. Sounds a little projecty on that. Didn't need to put that parentheses in there unless you are the one feeling it. So... On Friday afternoon, I was randomly assigned to spar with her, and things really didn't go my way. I think she bruised me in several places, my left eye is swollen, and I feel sharp pain in my right side. Now I'm not at all transphobic or a TERF. Don't know what the fuck that means. In fact, I'm very... TERF is all capitals, so I feel like it's an... act. You know what? We're fucking... We learn shit on this podcast, don't we, babe? What the fuck does TERF mean? TERF wars. Why trans-exclusionary radical feminists have no place in feminism. Jesus. This sounds aggressive. Can we just say what turf means? Oh, trans-exclusionary radical feminist. What? Okay, let me break that down because I read it fast and I didn't let it really absorb into my brain. Trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Oh, okay. So you're So you're a feminist, but you're so much a feminist that you're like only women. So even if it's like a trans person who's like, I don't like having a dick. I want to be a chick. You're like too bad. You're like too bad, ladies first. If you, I, (laughs) Jesus. Okay, so apparently, uh, throwaway two one two two seven nine seven six five four three two one is not a turf. Which I feel like if you knew what the fucking term turf was, maybe your turf, maybe your turf in it. I'm not at all transphobic or a turf. In fact, I'm very accepting, and this is too much to deal with almost. She was very aggressive throughout sparring, and I only got a half-hearted, oh, sorry about that, when I told her about my injuries. Yeah, she, guess what? She probably has a little bit more pent-up rage than you do. I feel like someone who's going through that type of shit, where it's like, I don't know how to be in my own body, they're like the physical example of Ricky Bobby getting interviewed for the first time, like... I'm not sure what to do with my hands. If you could just keep them down by your sides, that'd be great. That's society. And then they just start talking and the hands just start floating up again. Car ran, car, 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 ran, car ran real good. Car ran real good. If you could just keep your hands down by your sides, that'd be great. Okay. I feel like they're the physical embodiment of that entire scene. So there's a lot of anxiety brewing inside the system there. And then they make the decision to, you know, switch genders. But the emotion's still there. And this lady was like... Okay, the emotion's still there. Let's go beat the fuck out of some women. (laughs) Which is fucking wild. Which is wild. Which is essentially gonna be the new fucking reality TV show on HGTV. Right after fucking Storage Wars, there's gonna be Trans Beatdown. Oh no, there's gonna, what the fuck? There's gonna be Turf Wars. It's gonna be called Turf Wars, where a feminist who doesn't like a trans person fights a trans person. I fucking swear to God, if that pops up, I'm gonna be so fucking mad. If it's like a new bully beatdown and it's turf wars and it's a trans person versus a person, a feminist, but a feminist that doesn't like trans people, we learned so much. I'm gonna be so pissed if I see that because they stole it directly from this because there's no way that somebody else's brain came up with that. And they definitely listened to this episode and they're like, million dollar idea. If I don't get a fucking cut, HGTV or freeform, I'm going to be so fucking mad. And if it pops up on the Discovery Channel, I expect to fly first class everywhere for the rest of my life. I've been... Anyways, back to the... Back to the post. I've been thinking about this whole incident since then, and I can't find a way to raise this issue without sounding transphobic. Originally, I wanted to propose a sparring system based on weight, but then I realized that she's heavier than most of us, and that would probably make her feel excluded. Listen, here's what happens when you are oversensitive about every single fucking thing. You're so sensitive and you're so scared of hurting someone's feelings that an actual decent point, a decent point, guess what? I was a wrestler. You know what wrestlers had? Weight classes. Guess what? Any fucking sport that is physical contact, any combat sport, has weight classes because weight matters when you are literally battling another human being. And there's no fucking way that that's fat shaming. That just makes sense. As a 200-pound guy, I should be able to wipe the fucking floor with a 100-pound guy. Mass moves mass. There's nothing hateful about that comment. There's nothing rude about that comment. You're so conditioned to be afraid of hurting somebody's feelings that actual common sense is being suppressed. Yeah, ask if you can have a fucking sparring partner that's close to the same weight as you because you're trying to learn. You're trying to learn moves and defenses and tactics and how to fucking do this and how to fucking do that. And if you're literally just getting mopped and not actually learning any technique and learning anything, you're just getting your ass beat for a fucking hour at a time, you're not going to actually learn anything. And you're there to get the best experience for yourself in terms of it's a self-defense class. If you're too sensitive in your self-defense class to take steps to actually learn things in terms of getting someone who's close to the same weight as you so you can actually learn technique that you could then use out in the real world if, God forbid, an attack took place. Think about that. Flash forward fucking three, six months. And three to six months, you've literally just been getting your ass handed to you by this bigger woman. And you weren't able to actually learn any sort of technique or defense defensive moves because you just get your ass beat all the time. And then you get attacked and since you didn't learn it, you can't defend yourself, thus rendering the class pointless. And you don't think that that girl knows that she's the biggest one? You don't think that she knows that? You don't have to make it fucking specific where you go like, eh, circle up everybody here. I had an idea. Um, I don't want to fucking go with her because she's huge. What if you just... Either brought it up to the instructor specifically, let the instructor handle it, let the instructor fucking do breakout roles, whatever. Jesus, so much fucking sensitivity. We gotta gotta be a little bit selfish, a little bit selfish in order to take care of ourselves. Because you cannot appease everybody in the world because everybody thinks differently. Certain people are going to be offended by ridiculous shit. Everyone has a different fucking thought process. So don't do that. I almost don't want to go to class. This is back to the post. This is the wrap up of the post. I almost don't want to go to the class this Friday, but I've been missing the group and my friends really bad these past few months and I don't want to quit. Jesus. Uh, First of all, the whole transphobic thing, we're going to gloss right over that because I feel like it didn't even like that wasn't the point that was it's, it's weird that you brought that up originally. Because the entire point, the entire impetus was, she's the biggest fucking one. But once again, you brought up something shining a light on it because you were so worried about, well, I don't mean it like this. I don't mean it like this. I don't mean it like this. Here's that post for you. Okay, here's that post. Hey, I've been taking a self-defense class and we had this new... Woman come in, and she's bigger than all of us, and she simply beat my ass to the point that I wasn't learning anything, and I also am in a lot of pain, and feel like I can't perform well and learn things well. So I was wondering what would be the best way to bring it up to the instructor, to see if we can have weight classes. How could I do that without potentially hurting this person's feelings? Because it's not a weight thing; it's just a I want to be able to get the most out of the class. There's your post. Jesus. Next. One. I'm not even gonna say hope that helped at the end of it because next one. Scroll. Really need to get better. I'm a twenty three year old female with a thirty a cup size. I have no cleavage whatsoever. Nah, not gonna talk about titties. <laughs> just, that, wasn't, that wasn't because I read the 38 cup size. That's because it inappropriate for no reason to talk about titties as myself, I feel like. When there's so many other topics, we're going to find another topic. Scroll. Stop. I, male, 22. Oh, this is throwaway. Okay, so throwaway has got to be something that's just a thing. Eh, fuck it. If it says throwaway at the top, I'm not... With a bunch of fucking numbers after it, I'm not going to read the fucking name. I, male, 22, just found out that my dad isn't blood-related. Oh. (laughs) You got to, uh... You got to look up the delivery routes, my man. You got to contact UPS. Go back to roughly 9 months before your birthday and uh find out who was on the route. You know, just find out find out what his name was and if there's any resemblance, you know? Or roughly roughly 9 months before your birthday, roughly 9 months before the day you were born. See what your mom's job was. What was she doing? Was she a secretary? Does her old boss look like you? You know, Just that's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. or twenty three and me it maybe that you'll find a fucking match. Who knows? I don't know if that's how that works. I don't know if you can do that through twenty three and me, but hey. We're in new times. After donating blood for the first time, I found out my blood type is O negative. I did some research and found out that this doesn't make any sense. My parents' blood types don't match up and physically couldn't create O negative. I don't know exactly what I should do. My dad's always been there for me and he has been a good father. I don't know how he'd take the news. Should I bring it up? If I do, my older brother would be only my half-brother and I don't want to cause issues in the family. My mom and dad are split. But they are good friends now, and I don't want to ruin that for them. How would you react in my shoes? I don't want to hide the truth, but I don't want to cause problems. You're 22. That guy, that guy did his job. Your dad, who it seems like might not be your biological dad, is your dad. All right. Your family is who is there for you. I mean, if you were fucking 12, maybe it's a little different. But that man, I mean, shit, not even 12. That man's been there for you for 12 years. Th- that man's been there for you for 22 years. That is your dad, my man, okay? And the bottom line is, they're split up. If, if for whatever fucking reason, you really need to find out about it. I don't see why you, no, I'm not even going to say that fucking side. If for You don't need to find out about it, my dude. You have a dad. You know how lucky you are? Why would you tarnish that at all? Okay. So you find out that his blood might not be your blood. His life is your life. For 22 years, he has been a dad, which is probably, I'm guessing, it sounds like you have a great relationship with him, the most important thing in his life. For your entire existence, that man has been your dad. So you get a blood test or whatever, you find out that your your blood's different. So essentially, on paper, he's not your dad. Nah, dude, you are blessed. So many people would have wanted a dad for twenty two years. That's the all. That's all you gotta know, man. That's all you gotta know, and that's that. That's it. That's that's all I'm saying to that one. You have a dad, man. Scroll. Stop. Walmart jail says, Lazy husband? Question mark? I don't know. Is he working? Is he providing for your family? Is he doing his best? Does he not come home and do the dishes, but he's been busting ass providing? Putting food on the table? Not lazy. Does he sleep in till noon, not take care of the kids with you? and sit around all day yeah lazy lazy let's just see let's just see what what her question is not sure if lazy is the proper term my husband is on vacation from work and had our daughter three years old while i worked eight to eight. Oh, so he was stay-at-home dad okay so you work 12-hour shifts He has done nothing but sit around and play video games all day and watch TV. I can tell because nothing has been cleaned up. Everything is left exactly how it was when I went to work. Matter of fact, it's even messier. With plates and cups all over the floor, he even admitted to me he's done nothing but lie around and watch TV and play his video game. When I called him on my lunch break... Oh, sorry. That was... Yeah, that was all supposed to be one sentence, but she separated it with a period. Whatever. I digress. As soon as I get in the door, he walks our daughter over to me and goes, I'm going to bed and walks off. Didn't even give me time to get in and sit down and relax for a second or take a shower or anything. I'm a nurse, so I like to shower and wash off all the germs before I spend time with my daughter. He even told me he let her nap all day. So I know when she sleeps all day. She won't sleep at all tonight, leaving me up all night with her. Am I wrong for being upset? I just need some advice. There's a difference between laziness and unmotivated, I feel. I feel there's a difference between someone who doesn't have something that they're driving for and someone who is inherently lazy. Kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, and obviously I'm generalizing, but men are performance motivated. I know that I feel the most proud when I have a goal. And I'm working towards that goal, even if I'm grinding, even if I'm eating shit every day and I'm exhausted and I'm tired, I'm proud because I'm doing something that I see the quote light at the end of the tunnel, the end result, the end game, the finish line. I see what I'm working towards. Circling it back to the Bo Burnham thing, seclusion. I mean, yeah, he has his daughter, but essentially he's at home by himself all day with no motivation. Now, me, personally, I would find the motivation in spending as much time with my daughter as I could, but obviously I say that because I am i don't have that, right? Like, I go to work every single day. So my moments with my daughter in the afternoon are, like, so hyper-important. Who knows? Who knows what would happen if if I became a stay-at-home dad and I didn't feel like I was providing and working for something. So I feel like he needs to find his motivation again he's in a limbo he's stuck in a middle space to where he's not actually working towards providing or he doesn't have anything lined up and the verbiage vacation from work is weird like he's like i just need a break but then he takes a break and he plays video games all day that i feel would be laziness and it's really hard to pull yourself out of that cycle once you're in it so i would say he probably feels pretty low about himself right now as a man, and not in the providing for his family, like, oh, my God, my wife is the breadmaker. Fuck that. I'm saying, like, with anything. Like, say Jordan just fucking worked all day, and my whole thing was to, like, stay at home all day, but I got to, I don't know, like, focus on growing this podcast, or focus on, like, I had that, I had something to that I could focus on like that. Fucking happy as a clam, and I would be busting my ass. He sounds unmotivated, and some men are different to where, like, being the best, husband isn't motivating enough Where like cleaning up and taking care of the baby and stuff like that is something that really motivates me i really fucking i want to be the best at that some some men need to have a little bit more of a selfish goal god if it's like it's a part of me wants to say like he needs a push in that direction you need to find something that can ignite a passion in him something that has set a spark off just to see Just to see. And also if you're in a relationship where you feel nervous about having, you know, I guess hard conversations with him. It would really help me out a lot if you would do these things in the house. So that when I get home from work, I feel like we're teaming this life thing. Not I'm, I have a babysitter. Because that's all he is right now. He's a babysitter. He's in fucking autopilot. And I would have conversations with him about that. And... See if you can figure out a way to ignite some sort of passion in him. Because it sounds like he lost it. Sounds like he lost something. Or he's fucking lazy. Who fucking knows? Because some people are just fucking lazy. All right, let's do one more, babe. Scroll. Stop. Oh, wow. Uncreative piece of... I didn't cut that off because I'm afraid of saying shit. That's just what it's called. Uncreative piece of... Would naming my new cat similar to the late one erase the memory of her? The juxtaposition in people's problems is so apparent on this fucking website. If you want to feel better about yourself, scroll through the advice column on Reddit and just see what some people deem as things they need advice on, which is, you know, oh my God, I'm lost in this situation. Some things are about having a lazy fucking partner that might be causing your relationship to crumble when you have a baby and some things are about what should I name my cat because my old one died and I don't want to quote erase the memory of her <laughs> perspective is everything perspective is everything alright uncreative piece of um. ultimately who who fucking cares. You know, like hey, the only person, the only fucking person that cares about what you name your cat is you, and that includes the cat. And that includes the old cat. Did you know that the old cat is dead and the new cat doesn't know about the name. Nobody cares. You know, and I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to I don't mean to, you know, poke fun at your life problems. Um, But ultimately, hey, it's a pet. Name it whatever the fuck you want. Let's say your old cat is named Marvin for some fucking reason. Your old cat's named Marvin. You might as well just name this new cat. My old cat Marvin died. Why don't you just do that? Your old cat Marvin passed away. New cat comes in. You rename the new cat. My old cat Marvin died. So, hey, my old cat Marvin died. Do you want some food? Because guess what? This, it doesn't fucking matter. Let's, I just want to see what the fuck uncreative piece of says. We're not looking for a new cat right now. Oh, my God. Oh. So preemptive. So beyond the original. This doesn't matter that it doesn't matter so much more that it doesn't matter. It doesn't... Oh, my God. Okay, so we're not looking for a new cat right now, but me and my sister sometimes wonder about it. I've told her about my plans to name my next female cat a similar name so I could honor her memory by using her nickname. She said that it's like trying to replace her, which isn't my intention. I loved her dearly, and I still miss her. What do you think? I think that this episode is over. So, wow. Juxtaposition. By the way, I say that a lot. I say juxtaposition a fucking ton and I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. Oh, wow. I am saying it correctly and it's all fucking one word. Okay. Here's when I say juxtaposition, it's like the same thing, but with drastic differences, right? Like, like when I talk about my brain, that's one thing, but I have a juxtaposition to where I want a bear rug underneath my feet. One that's fake and one that's a polar bear. That's the juxtaposition. One brain, Two extremely different sides. So I say that all the fucking time. And that's your vocabulary word for the week. Say juxtaposition. Say you and the family are going to McDonald's. Someone's going to get three Big Macs and someone's going to get a salad. That's the juxtaposition to the trip. All right? Let me Here, I'll read the fucking diction. First of all, juxtaposition. J-U-X-T-A-P-O-S-I-T-I-O-N. Juxtaposition. I'm fucking so fucking proud of myself that I've been using that correctly, and I've been saying it correctly, because part of me thought it was J-U-C-K-S-T-O position, position. but I'm really, really happy that, it. you know, sometimes my brain does that, sometimes it doesn't. Oh my God, name your fucking cat Donald Trump. It doesn't matter, but the juxtaposition of people's problems is fucking hilarious. So, this is episode 19. We got a little bit introspective. We're, to, we're going to try and be good people this week. We're going to try to make connections with people. We're going to try to remember what the light things are. We're going to cheer up this fucking week. No heavy no heavy sadness bullshit. You're going to go out. You're going to fucking crush it. You're a beautiful fucking dork ready to five fucking slam a as my father would say, this week. Which, what does five a mean? Don't know. Never will. But I'll always say it. Because of my dad, that was one of those phrases that he would pull. We would pull into a fucking gas station on a road trip, he's like, "I'm a five jam jamma diet Pepsi." And it's like, "Okay, sounds great." When I lost my virginity, I said, "I'm a five jam jamma this pussy." Okay, <laughs> inappropriate for no reason. Hey VJ, what? <laughs> I feel like I need. I feel like this episode was heavy, so I'm getting I'm getting my fucking silly wiggles out right now. All right, babe, go crush this week. Be bright. Be shiny don't be a bummer people don't like bummers just saying ryan reynolds come sit on my lap cheer up babe